0: Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa, Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed from
1: the river to the sea.
0: From the river to the sea, sea. Palestine will be free. free. Israel, you can't hide. hide. You're committing genocide. And this is uh, the song that has been memorized by so many who have determined to cast their uh, lot. With those uh, who are demonstrating, supposedly in support of the Palestinians, but in many instances, many of the chants coming from the group is uh, "Long live Hamas." Alu Akhwa long live Hamas. And and Justin Ellick, uh, you know your fellow Jewish young people, there should impale themselves with a menorah, whether they're wearing the green shmata on their head, uh, which is the symbol of Hamas the ruling government of Gaza, but also the largest terrorist organization there, in league with Islamic shihad, their Minimis, and uh, the remaining elements of Fatah. Uh, they wear the green shmata on their head. They have the keffiyeh. It's very cool. It's hip. It's happening on college campuses, and the free Palestine button. And what they use is they use Jews as shields. They love it when a uh, young Jewish man shows up with a uh, yarmulke on his head and a prayer show. And uh, he professes to be a member of Jews for Justice, Jews for Palestinians, and Jews for Hamas. And you say to yourself, what are you, how do you mind? Of course. This is the flavor of the day, ladies and gentlemen. So yesterday about two o'clock, you got about a 100 public schools uh, in which uh, students left, many of them with their teachers, to attend the demonstration in support of the Palestinians. What they said was a demand for a ceasefire, and certain elements were supporting Hamas. And so they rallied up in Brian Park, and it's like, oh, man, they're... let me tell you something. You give a young person any excuse wrong way, Lou Rufino, to leave school early, and they're out of there. And when the guys and the gals are together, they say, yeah, yeah. And after, after the rally, when we march around the streets and we get to give the finger to the cops because they're not going to do anything to us. And we put graffiti up, you know, uh, all cops are bastards, ACAB, ACAB, all cops are bitches. And now they've been told don't do anything. We can vandalize the police cars. We can put Hamas on and break out the windows. The orders from headquarters from one police plaza the missing in action, Eddie Pagan, the police commissioner, and, of course, the man who was hunkered down in his bunker trying to avoid being prosecuted by the feds for political corruption, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. So these demonstrations now, for the last two weeks, have attacked the police, have vandalized police equipment, have graffitied private property with all those acronyms that I pointed out and others, and no arrest. No arrest last night. So you don't have to go home and say, Mom, I got pinched. You know, here's my disappearance ticket, my disappearance ticket. The policy of the city of New York now, from the highest levels of one police plaza is, unless they kill somebody, the demonstrators, they are not to be arrested. They get to go wherever they want, however they want. Don't put any barriers up. They don't need permits. They are permitted to desecrate. They are permitted to vandalize. They are permitted to, in fact, attack the police. No ramifications, no consequences. Let me give you an update. We have poster wars going on in New York City. I thought the days of uh, seeing posters on polls was over. When I lived in the Lower East Side on St. Marks and Avenue A, across from Tompkins Square Park, when they had the anarchist riots in the 80s, you would walk up and down Tompkins Square, excuse me, up and down St. Mark's Place, from Astor Place right there to Tompkins Square Park, and it would be festooned with all kinds of posters. All kinds of posters. I mean, that was part of the ambiance of the Lower East Side, very bohemian posters about everything. Then all of a sudden we developed techno- technology and everything was online. Now we're back to poster wars. So you have people putting up posters for the hostages that Hamas are holding, Israelis, those that were there from Thailand, Americans, and you have others who are going around ripping them down. Well, I don't know if you're aware, Justin Ellick, uh, this is news breaking. If you're in that same Lower East Side where there are many, many anarchists and supporters of Black Lives Matter that has become nothing more than big, large mansions, uh, a real estate firm, and of course Antifa. Uh they are supporting any demonstration that has to do with the Palestinians against Israel, the little Satan and America, the big Satan. They're down for the cause. But they're now putting up their own posters throughout the Lower East Side that demonize the cops from the nearby ninth precinct. Now this was done in the eighties. There was a publication put out called uh, The Shadow. I remember they used to sell it right there at the newsstand, uh, right on the corner of 2nd Avenue and uh, St. Mark's Place. And they would have lists of uh, what they call pigs. Uh, they would take photographs of police. They would uh, allege all kinds of acts of corruption, of, of physical abuse. and They would have pictures of these cops, not like you have now with cell phones. It was a little primitive, black and white. And they would also put up flyers all over the Lower East Side. This cop, you know, beats up homeless people. This cop shakes down drug dealers. This cop is uh, abusive. And if you're having a demonstration, which in the Lower East Side, in Tompkins Square Park, the anarchists, would have demonstration de jures, the remnants of the Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, the old yipsters. And so they would publish it and put it out there with the names of the cops in the Ninth Precinct and their badge numbers. Now, they're putting up these flyers that look like the hostage postage for the Israelis, except they're claiming that cops of the NYPD Ninth Precinct are taking homeless hostage and people out in the streets hostage, and that they're jamming them up. And the difference is nowadays they're using the technology. They look exactly like the hostage posters, you know, red outline and then the picture in the middle. They have a barcode. When you use your cell phone, iPhone, smartphone on the barcode, it gives you the complete history of that police officer. Any complaints that have been filed with the uh, uh, Civilian Complaint Review Board and obviously anything that has been adjudicated against that, that police officer, whether they've ever been brought up on internal charges within the police department that – might have uh, precipitated them possibly going on trial a departmental trial and then it's finally decided upon by the police commissioner all that is available now publicly so you imagine you're a cop in the ninth precinct uh your entire record is known you're being demonized to everybody and now you are neutered even more than you were neutered uh under comrade bill de blasio who told you to stand down during the shooting and looting of black lives matter and antifa many, much of it that was in the lower east side there which is a hotbed of cop hating activity now you're nudeed and you're emasculated even more so much to the point where you look at all these flyers and you say my god why should i be a proactive cop they're putting all my business out there for everybody to see they're demonizing me vilifying me i got to protect my pension for myself and my family. And so very much the way kryptonite would weaken uh, Superman, this is a form of kryptonite. Now, the problem is uh, it's the right of free speech. If you put them up on polls, how do you determine, okay, that poster stays on a poll, uh, the hostage posters for Israel, but we're going to rip down the posters that are demonizing the local police by the radicals who live in the Lower East Side you got to leave all the posters up. Uh, are the posters permitted on private property? Of course not. Whoever owns the property can demand that those posters be removed, might even have you ticketed if you are a predicate poster on their prop- property, although the likelihood is not. The cops almost don't do anything now unless you're stabbed or shot and bleeding out in front of them because they've been rendered impotent. But it is interesting. These are poster awards. We've gone back to the 1980s. All of this was happening in the 1980s in the Lower East Side. All along St. Mark's Place, up and down 1st Avenue, 2nd Avenue, 3rd Avenue, Astor Place. And this will be coming to a neighborhood near you because the Israel hostage posters are up all over the city. And I will bet you the radicals will now come out and try to demonize the cops in the very same way. Using that as a route. And then the problem becomes, whose First Amendment rights are to be protected? Those seeking the release of the hostages? And those seeking to demonize the cops? Hmm. Or maybe you don't even have right a right to put up the posters to begin with because of uh, uh, Department of Sanitation restrictions. To be continued. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. The perfect theme song for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, who got away alright. He's in a bunker. He hasn't surfaced publicly, just barely. And yet today he released a series of budget cuts that will be draconian to our city budget that we pay for taxpayers. Because of the freaking illegal aliens that he welcomed in. So they get everything, and we get Ugats, we get Bubkiss. And he continues, continues to say that the city policy is to support open borders, and he continues to get wine-dined and pocket-lined by nonprofits, by other businesses that end, end up getting no-bid contracts to provide services for these illegal aliens. So nobody knows where Eric Adams is hiding out at. Justin Alec, he's. Not at the clubs he goes to normally every night, the Club Zero Bond downtown, or Consofrito up in the Bronx. No, no, not seen there. definitely hung it down. But uh, these are not rumors, ladies and gentlemen. You know me. I have a working relationship with our owner-operator, John Matitas whatever I say over the most powerful radio station by day in America and at dusk throughout the world, and you'll be hearing me for 12 hours over the weekend till the break of dawn from 12 to 6, and I'll be giving you even more information, that if I'm wrong, I'm gone. That's the agreement. So let's get down to it. Eric Adams, remember after days of practicing uh, thespian lines of how to answer questions like, why did I decide to abort the meeting in Washington, D.C. after I landed at Reagan uh, National Airport and come back to New York City to deal with an FBI raid against my campaign operation?
1: I had a 25-year-old staffer that I saw grow up as a intern that had a traumatizing experience in her life. There was a professional part of maintaining, uh, you know, my staff and my city. But I think sometimes we miss the fact that there's a human part to life. As a human being, I was concerned about a young 25 year old staffer that went through a traumatic experience. And although I'm mayor, I have not stopped being a man and a
0: human. Meantime, he yeah, had dry mouth constantly drinking from one of the bottles of water, which is something you never see him do. He's nervous. He's panicking. You could see it in his eyes. You could see it in his body language. He, there's no defiance. There's none of this omnipotent, pretentious attitude he always had, especially towards the press corps. Then he answered another question as to why he came back, which was, okay, you decided to abort a meeting with the White House, congressional leaders, other mayors about this migrant crisis that you says will destroy New York City. Most important thing on your agenda. did you end up talking to your fundraiser?
1: The, I did not speak with um, Brianna the day of the incident because I didn't want to give any um, appearance of interference. Uh, and I wanted to be clear on that. And I was notified by campaign uh, teams that reached out to me and, and notified me. Uh, the uh, details of my interaction with the council of of the campaign, the cl- compliance council, uh, while this is a, an ongoing inquiry.
0: Yeah. Inquiry that uh, he's now lawyered up on. And that Brianna woman, her only role in fundraising, uh, Eric Ulrich uh, Eric Ulrich being one of the fundraisers. We're going to get into that rat who is, uh, partially responsible for why the mayor is hunkered down now versus the FBI and the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District is that Brianna would accompany the, the mayor, and she would be the bag woman, meaning that she carried the booster bag so when the checks were taken, she would collect the checks, she would bring them back to her uh, living space uh, slash headquarters and process the checks. That's like a, a bookkeeper. That's that's not a fundraiser. Fundraiser is Frank Corona. Everybody knows that. That's the guy that you make deals with. For this check, what do I get in return? I got a prob, I got a problem with this project going on. If I support Eric Adams and I get my family to write checks and all my workers and I bundle the checks and, uh, I get some straw donors, which is a real problem, what do I get in return? So the dealer, uh, the negotiator is Frank Caron. All fingerprints are on Frank Caron, not this woman. She's a full woman. But let's talk about the bigger issue of, uh, the fundraising. And this goes way back because on the mayor's calendar last night, incredibly, he was returning to the scene of the crime. Rousseau's on the Bay. Amazing. Rousseau's on the Bay on Cross Bay Boulevard, mobbed up to the Gambinos like so many operations out there. And uh, it turns out... You can lower that a bit. Just keep it very low underneath. We don't want it to supersede what I'll be talking about. It's the favorite hangout for a long time of our own Sid Rosenberg, Aldo's, right down Woodhaven Boulevard in Ozone Park. In fact, Eric Olridge, who was appointed Buildings Commissioner, it's like putting the fox uh, in the chicken coop because everybody, everybody in Howard Beach and Ozone Park knew. That Eric Ulrich, the crooked city councilman, the crooked Republican county leader, was in debt to the Banano crime family to the tune of $600,000 because he was a degenerate gambler. And he would hold court at Aldo's, a place that our own Sid Rosenberg has visited on occasion, right? And I remember remember when I battled him wrong way, Lou Rafino, I said, when I'm in Howard Beach, I go to New Park Pizzeria for my slice. I never go to Aldo's because that was the old Altadana, right down Pitkin Avenue and Cross Bay Boulevard make Woodhaven, excuse me. Where when John Santucci, the crooked DA, was in charge, he would have 12-hour luncheons once a month with John Gotti Sr., my enemy, John Gotti Jr., and the Gambino crime family right at the Altadana there. Because they only had a... I'd just go a few blocks from the Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings Club that he would have his meetings at right in Ozone Park. Very convenient. By the way, I wouldn't know if the food was ever good at the Altadonna because guess what? My money was never accepted there, and it's not because they were going to give me free food like they would give Eric Adams and his cronies, but rather I was persona non grata. Let's leave it at that. So, Eric Ulrich is holding court at Aldo's, which is owned by the very brothers, who are Gambino guys. And lo and behold, who shows up as Brooklyn Borough President wanting to run for mayor with his aide-de-camp, his, uh, his female Rasputin, his Spengali Ingrid Lewis Martin? Well, it's Eric Adams, Borough President in Brooklyn, shows up in December of 2019 because they're hosting a fundraiser at Aldo's. The host, the city councilman, crooked at that time, Republican uh, Eric Oldridge. And by the way, the Laveries are there, owners and operators of Aldo's, who've now been indicted for political corruption. They're Banano, excuse me, Gambino guys. And a guy named Mike Mazio, the owner of a Brooklyn tow truck firm, who was fresh off being indicted alongside 16 others, Mob indictments for price-fixing towing jobs around the city. So it's like a mob enclave. Forget the Appalachian Mountain uh, gatherings. All roads led to Aldos. So months later, as the pandemic sent in, all of a sudden, uh, Eric Ulrich, in one of his many gambling ventures, said, hey, man, we did good. We raised a lot of money for Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, who's running in the Democratic primary. Guys, let's get together, and let's, uh, if he wins the Democratic primary, man, let's get together and hold him the biggest fundraiser ever imaginable. And Russo's on the bay. We'll get all of our cronies, all the mobbed up guys from Howard Beach, Ozone Park. They'll pay tribute to the future mayor because that, that Sliwa guy, he's got no shot. as a Republican. You know, most of the Republicans aren't even supporting him, which was true at that time. So now Adams wins the Democratic primary, and he goes into overdrive. Now, you would think, why would you need to go into overdrive? He's running against me. So Ulrich is hosting a fundraiser for Eric Adams at Russo's on the Bay in Howard Beach, and he raises him $160,000 for mostly mob guys, the LaVeris and the Mazios and a whole bunch of others. So now, Ulrich and his southern queen's crew of mobsters ended up doing more for Adams than they ever did for fellow Republicans, raising hundreds of thousands for the would-be mayor, who was thought was going to go to a coronation against me. Now, check this out. Mark this down, because this is not a rumor. This is fact. A month after Eric Adams was elected mayor, Having beaten me, he went to Aldo's again and met with Ulrich, the Leveri brothers, and the Mazio brothers. Went there again. And he did a coronation for Eric Ulrich, who raised him a lot of money. He said, boys, let's toast Eric Ulrich. He's going to be my senior advisor. Little did Eric Ulrich know that two days after the election... Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA and investigators, began tapping his phone. <laughs> then when Eric Ulrich was elevated to buildings commissioner and the most corrupt under any circumstances of city agencies, it was bl- putting a banana guy in there who owed the Bonanno $600,000. The uh, Aldo's was closed because it didn't pass a... A health inspection, uh, padlocked. Eric O'Ridge gets on the telephone with the health department and said, you padlocked the mayor's favorite restaurant in Queens, Aldo's? And within 48 hours, that was reversed. You have to ask yourself, why was Mayor Eric Adams and his female Svengali, his Rasputin, Ingrid Lewis Martin, going back and forth to Aldo's, back and forth. And then just a few months later, Adams was at a Bronx job site to address a few dozen workers for Construction Safety Week. After some public remarks, Eric Adams pulled Ulrich aside and asked him to hand his cell phone over to his brother. Bernard who was part of his police security detail. and then all of a sudden <laughs> Adams said that a little birdie had told me that a friend of yours was being investigated and indicated that Ulrich was under surveillance. and he said these words that are going to come back to haunt Eric Adams. Watch your back and watch your phones. Months later, when he was confronted about this, he said, Oh yeah, I was reading that article. I felt like it was a reboot of Goodfellas. Why would it make sense to appoint someone, a commissioner, like Eric Ulrich, if you know they're under criminal investigation? So he asked a question that in coming days I am going to answer to all of you. This is where you get all the exclusive news and information because I know where all these guys' bones are buried and who buried them. The FBI has sent out dozens of letters to people that they had to inform through the Justice Department that they were listening to conversations that they had with Eric Oldridge. Would you like to see my list, Eric? Uh, excuse me, uh, what, what is your name again? Oh, oh yeah, 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 that's right, producer. <laughs> Justin Alec I don't want to get the FBI confused say listen to the show in the Justice Department I got a list of people who've received those letters we've been listening to your conversations with Eric Ulrich. it doesn't mean that you're a target but you know what the rest means without them having to say it it's understood why don't you come in and tell us what you know before we have to send an investigator to clip you like we did with your very dear friend Eric Olridge. If you come lawyered up like Eric Adams is now, that means you're guilty to us. If you come in on your own, after you tell us what you know, you can go in peace. <laughs> and I've been telling you this. For years, what is the battle cry of Eric Adams since he was in the state senate amongst his corrupt fellow elected officials, the lobbyists who knew they could put the beak in the trough of Eric Adams? He has said this thousands and thousands of times. Show
1: me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about.
0: Hunk down. Shredding documents. Now with two burner phones that Sid Rosenberg himself doesn't even get a response to. Tell me this mayor isn't in trouble as he has basically sent us into the fiscal abyss, cutting the budget today, draconian cuts to take care of the illegals and to basically say F you to citizens like us and many of whom are veterans down on their luck. Who end up being forced to sleep in the streets, sleep in the subways, and sleep in the parks. No, it ain't F you to us, Eric Adams. You're on your way to Otisville or Fort Dix, to the big house in Chains and Shackles. The Riffin' and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Patrick Patrick Hubert gave this as a present to America during the disco year. This super patriotic song. That was my all-time favorite disco song that I danced to on the dance floor. A disco song that had meaning, and it still does to this day, as we are now immersed. Veterans Day to honor all the men and women who served in wartime, peacetime. And 77 WABC listeners have always supported the veterans and their families. And this uh, Veterans Day, they're going to do so by donating to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. All you got to do is go to wabcradio.com slash T2T to donate. The Tunnel Two Towers Foundation do all they can to support the veterans of our great country. Show your support for them this Veterans Day. And go to wabcradio.com slash T2T and donate. Also, 77 WABC is proud to support the Lee Greenwood Concert Experience this Sunday, November 12th. You can send a veteran and their guests to see Lee Greenwood's All-Star Concert experience and receive the DVD version for yourself for a $50 contribution. Learn more and support a veteran now at AdoptAVet.com and know that uh, Frank Silla, chairman of this great organization, this year is dedicating to getting permanent housing for homeless veterans you just go to the Borden Avenue Veterans Residence on the Queens side of the the tunnel, Queens, uh, Borough Tunnel. You can see veterans who are forced to live there. There are not enough facilities for them. Eric Adams would rather a American veteran to live out in the streets and house an illegal alien, somebody we don't know who may be a threat to us in a five-star hotel at our expense, And now he's cutting into the budget, including funds for veterans' issues.